Warning, the Bonsai Beat contains explicit language and may not be suitable for all listeners or fans of Neo Genesis Evigallion. Several anime companies have gone bankrupt. 1,337 anime fans have been sued. All the while, the Bonsai Beat has been there to deliver you the latest in news, show reviews, and discussions from both the experienced and novice anime fans' point of view. And now, broadcasting from a deserted island so Funimation's lawyers can't find them, here are your hosts, Jello-Kun and Zach. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Ten. Ground control Nine. to Major Tom. Eight. Seven. Six. Any idea who this is? David Bowie. Oh, yes. Figure it was fitting in two ways. Two, one, As uh, we're reviewing Outlaw Star, a show space, based in space. But unfortunately, he passed away today. Yep. Of cancer. Yeah. God damn that cancer. Where's that pussy cancer? Uh, what's the good word, man? We're back. The good word. Is it anime related? A new season started. It did. That's exciting. Um, I haven't watched Jack shit from it yet. Oh, I watched something, so don't worry. I'm all set to talk about it. I've been doing nothing but watching Outlaw Star. So. Yeah, most of my time was spent uh, watching Katana Katari, because each episode's an hour, and there's 12 episodes, and I only watched like three and then I finished them all this past two weeks. So, But I did watch one show that was airing, and John watched one. So I can kind of weigh in about what he watched, too, because I talked to him. Well, go for it. Let's go for it? All right. So I'm not going to talk about a Katana Katari, because I will be reviewing it. But I did watch the first episode of a show called Erased, which... It's not called Erased in Japanese, but Crunchyroll has it labeled as that. Um, I'm not sure I can actually bring up the Japanese name because I didn't look yet. But it's... it's. Oh, I have a funny story about it. So I downloaded two shows, and one was about someone that used to draw manga who was convinced by some girl to like make a game with her. Oh, and yeah. there's, a, there's some other game anime last season that I enjoyed, or in previous season... So I figured I'd watch this one. And then I didn't watch it yet, but then there was Erased, which confused me because I read the synopsis of both of them. Then I started watching Erased, and he like draws manga in his free time. So I just assumed I was watching that show. And he meets a girl at his work who like encourages him to do manga or like, do something. And I'm like, oh, this must be that show. But then about well, halfway through... His mother, halfway through the first episode, his mother gets, like, brutally murdered by Damn. a knife. 
And I'm like, wow, this didn't, I normally slice of life doesn't start like this. <laughs> and it turns out it was the completely different show, which is like a psychological thriller. And this guy, um, it's also like somewhat sci-fi because occasionally he would like go back a few seconds in the past right before a tragedy happens. And he has to, like, solve what happened. So the example they give is he's out delivering pizzas because he wants to be a manga artist. But, you know, he's just he's got to work the day job. And he finds himself rewinded like three seconds on his bike and he looks for the problem. And it turns out the truck that passes him while he's on his like moped thing, uh, the driver is sleeping. So he has to, like, follow it. And he uses the steering wheel even through the open window to steer the guy because he wasn't sleeping. Uh, He actually died of a heart attack. And it steers the truck and avoids the kid. So he, like, saves someone with this power he doesn't know, like, how it works, other than that's what he has to do when it happens. So that's, it was really interesting. But, yeah, initially for, like, the first ten minutes, I thought I was just watching that other show. Huh. But it's really good. And then after, I mean, it's fine if there's spoilers because it's the first episode, but... um, After his mom gets stabbed, he goes back ten years in the past. And apparently there's some serial killer in his town who eventually kills his mom. And the first victim was this girl that he couldn't save in time 10 years ago. So for some reason, he doesn't know how his power worked, but he goes back 10 years in the past. It's like a, his own body, but he's a child now. Gotcha. And that's, that's how the second episode, I assume, will start, but it hasn't come out yet. So that was really good. It's called Erased. Hmm. And... Um, that's all I watch from the airing season. I have to type one letter on my loud keyboard because I needed to look on Crunchyroll to see what John watched. So I remember the name. Um, you watched Myriad Colors Phantom World, which looks like a fan service show, but you said it was similar to, uh, Amagi Brilliant Park, which hmm. I haven't seen, but yeah, either have pe- people have enjoyed. So I figured I'd mention it here. And that's that's it. There might be other things I watch from this season, but I haven't started yet. As I, as are you. Like most of the shows were coming out this week. They're getting so. terrible, terrible reviews. What I've seen on Ancat on the uh, ANN, right? Uh, uh, preview guide. They have Ass Class too. That's something uh, you. Might that's watch. what I'm going to be watching. Is Assassination Classroom too? I'm mm-hmm. going to probably wait for Funimation to start doing their broadcast job because I watched the entire show during their broadcast job run. So, oh, yeah. And it's just easier to watch. And honestly, I think it's really... I mean, it's easy enough to watch in Japanese. It's not like a show where they're, like, freaking out in Japanese. Um, and whatnot. So, you know, I'll probably just watch it that way. Yeah, the show I... I'm trying to find the show I thought I was watching. Oh, here it is. Shoujo Tachi wa Koya... I have no idea what that actually means, but um, it says in the story, the main character, I don't know his name, is a student who wants to be something who doesn't know what. One day, his female classmate announces they're working on a Bishoujo game. Uh, The girl scouts him because he wrote a good script for the drama club, but he doesn't know anything about those types of games. So whatever, it'll be like comedy, somewhat romance, but it should be entertaining. But that's nothing like what I happened to watch with Erased. <laughs> well, it sounds and, like you kind of unintentionally. Yeah, kind of unintentionally. It was show, similar possibly. until the murder. I'm like, wow, that's a really bloody murder. That's 
you would think they'd mention that in the synopsis <laughs> like, after losing his mother or something. But no, it's just like, as the one I just read you, it doesn't mention that. I was and thinking the, like, wow, man, these, these people, uh, cause remember, I, I think of the, uh, the show with the girl, you know, at the end, the, the, in the first end of the first episode, and then you find out it's you know a zombie wasteland, right? Like maybe something like that. Like holy shit, you know, they're gonna more people are gonna be doing this kind of reveal, where it's like, oh, you think it's one thing, but it's actually another. Yeah, and I mean, it makes for exciting media because you want your expectations to be challenged or yeah stuff like that. But it it was unintentionally challenging it because i read the wrong synopsis <laughs> um the sec- and i'll be watching the second season of gate because that was a show i enjoyed but then it took a break last season yeah so cool yeah, that's really all in my watching my near future watching list awesome you know i was listening to the intro and i was like man when's the last time we did news a while yeah meh there's never any good news that I can find. Yeah, I've kind of gotten out of the news cycle. I mean, like, I can announce things that are coming up. Like, they just announced a, a new season of Love Live with new girls. Yeah, I saw that. And you know what's funny is I saw a thing where they're like, oh, TV anime is where it's at. People don't go to the movies. Motherfucker, I just watched the last, you know, last year of the top J-pop. And, like, four of the songs were from that movie. Yeah. I thought the Love Live movie did really well, so I don't know why yeah, they... I don't know either. I really don't care. But... I'll watch it, because it's interesting to me, but as far as, like, news, it's nothing I don't, groundbreaking. Dude, I can't get over the drawing out of the character models. Their eyes just creep me out. <laughs> they're, like, super glossed over and, like... Yeah, they're real shiny. Weird. They're super shiny. It's weird, because um, all the dance scenes, at least previously, are all, like, CGI, but the rest are, like... Normal drawn animation, so it is kind of jarring on this switch between the two. Although oh. CGI gets better and better, so yeah. But still, I was just like, man, they're all in perfect sync choreography. That's crazy, and it's all just really repetitive, stupid animation. But it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Kion did it better. They're not even idols. Different type of show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. K-On is 52 episodes of them doing nothing. <laughs> eating, eating cakes. Yeah, being cute and eating cakes and sometimes playing music. Yes. That being said, I did enjoy the K-On movie, but I thought the series was mm, barely entertaining enough to keep my attention. Go back and listen to our review, bonsaibeat.com, front slash reviews. Yeah, there you go. You can listen to both reviews and decide... Which shows we actually liked better. Cause, there, there you go. Uh, we often, con- or at least I know I do, I contradict myself. <laughs> <laughs> I may have loved K-On, but uh, you can't hold me to it unless you go find out. There you go. Uh, yeah, you want to just get into DVD picks? Sure. Right. Of a new year. It's another week, and more DVDs are being released. What should you get? It's time for the weekly DVD picks. This bumper sounds awesome in the new headphones. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always sounded great to me. Like, yeah. That's some thump there. <laughs> it's so well mixed. Yes. 
Um, yeah, so New Year. What do we got here? Yeah, Sentai Filmworks, Dai Shogun, The Great Revolution. No, no effing idea. Me either. Sentai Filmworks, Pet Shop of Horrors. That's been like a super duper re-release. Yeah, Sentai Selects, Complete Collection. Uh, Sunrise, Mobile Suit Gundam Movie Trilogy. Pony Canyon, Edotama. Pony Ed- Canyon? It's a Yama. $90 release. Uh, Discotech. IGPX, Funimation, Noen, Noen, Fentai, Sentai Film Works again, Arg Volan, Arg. So many releases, but they're on Blu ray. So many things like I've never heard of in those two weeks. Uh, and then I think we should just do the 19th because stuff is actually good there. Okay. We got Sword Art Online Dose Volume Four, um, Mother's Vizario. I guess it was the best part of season two. So, uh, well, the very last. Yeah, the was very that, last. Was that like, the one where the the, the cancer girl AIDS? AIDS. <laughs> she had AIDS. Yeah. AIDS. It's AIDS. 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 You got AIDS. Yeah, AIDS is the less relevant killer, but still tragic. Um, we got Samurai Pizza Cats, which sounds great. Um, which I which I've never seen, but I hope it's like Ninja Turtles. Except it pretty much was it was oh, there. It was their answer to nineties cartoon man. Yeah, that's what I figured. Is like Samurai Pizza Cat, very similar to Ninja. This Turtles. sounds contradictory. SD Blu-ray. It's the standard definition Blu-ray. Yeah. 480p Blu-ray release. At the end of the day, it's going to probably be on one or two discs. Probably probably one disc. They can only upscale it so hard if it's from the 90s. For 35 bucks, it's probably only... Well, they're not going to upscale it at all. But Blu-ray has a bazillion times more capacity than DVD. You can get it all on one disc. Yep. A certain scientific railgun S. This is what I'll be ordering. Because I own the first season, but um, recently, or I guess recently in the world of this podcast, but about six months ago, I found out that they were releasing both the first season and second season in complete collection. And I decided to hold off ordering the separate version of the second season. So now that it's out together for $37 on right stuff, I'll be buying it. Because I love that franchise and I want more. Who knows when we're going to get more? Never. You're never getting more. <laughs> no more rail decks. No more so rail sad. decks. Uh, Terror and Resonance. Hanaya Mata. Loco Dole. Harlock the Space Pirate. 2013. And Pokemon The Series. XY. Yeah, I think overall disappointing. And I would say Railgun. Most people would say Sword Art. What do you say? <laughs> Uh, yeah, sort of, I guess. Or Terror and Resonance. You like that show, I think. No, I, Maybe. I hated it. You hated that show. Nah, okay. It was okay. I gave up because I didn't enjoy it. But it started good. Yeah, so. it started good. It started good, and then I saw it going downhill. I jumped ship. We reviewed it. Um. Yeah, that's everything from the first through the... 19th. There you go. You're all caught up now, damn it. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So anything else? I guess we could mention, since by the time we record, it'll be past this. On the 20th, there's only one release from Antiplex, and it's the third Persona 3 movie. How is it going to be past? It is the 11th today. Yeah, if we do it in two weeks, then it's going to be the 25th. Oh, well, yay math. Wow, math. So anyway, I've seen the first two. I haven't watched the third one. I'm yet to finish the game, even though I have 100 hours in it. Dang. Once I finish the game, I'll watch the second two. But there's supposed to be four totals, so for those that are buying them and watching them, uh, there's only one more after this. And now that's it. All right. You want me to review my stuff first, or do you want to review your stuff first? Uh, you can go first. All right. Well, Outlaw Star. It aired in 1997. Produced by Sunrise, the same folks that only a year later would come out with Cowboy Bebop. Wow, I didn't know it was that close. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, So, I had a buddy repeatedly tell me, you've got to watch a show. Like He's not an anime fan, but he watched how Lost Art, and he's like, oh, it's amazing. You'll love it. Gotta check it out. So after hemming and hawing and and whatnot, I finally went and did it. I went and bought it, or not bought it, but found it and uh, watched it. I'm ready. All right. So my buddy kept saying, you know, oh, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. Check it out. You know, and he's not a big anime fan by any means. He just saw this and was like, you knew of this. So I watched it. Man, it is now Cowboy Bebop. And being produced a year before Cowboy Bebop came out. Holy cow, night day differences. So, I think a lot of people know this show because it ran on Adult Swim. Actually, it ran on the Cartoon Network. I think during Toonami. The original Tsunami in the Afternoon. Hmm. So, bottom dollar, there is a lot of edits. Because one of the favorite things said is, You bastard! <laughs> That's his go-to line when he's when he's fighting. Do you know what the edit was? Uh, no idea. I'd be kind of curious. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Wonder. So you watched the unedited version? Yes, then. yeah. And there was nudity, gambling... Attempted rape from the good guy, no less. The guy you're supposed to like. Attempted rape. But he failed. Well, no, he just didn't. I'll get to it. <laughs> uh, uh, so, this is a 26 episode show. It's, I don't know if you call it like a space opera. Uh, think of like Space Dandy and Cowboy Bebop, where it's just. In this case, it's a you know ragtag group of people doing what they have to do to survive in space, doing odd jobs that leads to a greater mystery. Are the characters mostly human, or they're like aliens? Oh, there's an alien. There's a samurai chick. Uh, there's an android, and then there's a cat girl who was probably my favorite, named Aisha, from hmm. the Kataro clan. Aisha clan clan. <laughs> she's got 
the crazy whoever did her voice like did a awesome job i think it's the same person who fucking did excel saga sounds just like her and i'm pretty sure she didn't lose her voice and like have to like quit voice acting in this show <laughs> like she did in excel saga mm. have you ever seen excel saga no just go on google and go to like excel saga episode one dubbed it is it is insane I have never finished the show. It's funny. It's fun to watch. But that that voice. Holy shit. So much yelling. Like, instead of talking lines, she screams them. Is that, like, supposed to be her character? Or is that, like, a stylistic choice? She's, like, hyperactive. I think she's, like, drinks Mountain Dew and eats sugar. Wow, who, who I, I, eats sugar? What a savage. Yeah, I know. And she's super skinny and hot. Me too. <laughs> so, space... Uh, God damn it, I keep screwing this up. Outlaw Star starts off with the main character, Gene. Gene Windstar. He's like, I don't know, 20s. And he's rugged, and everyone's always looking for him to kill him. And it seems like he's always got a bounty on his head for something or another. And uh, he's got a partner, an 11-year-old kid named uh, Jim Hawking. And they own a company called Windstar and Hawking Enterprises on a planet called, like, Symphonic 3 or (laughs) something like that. What a great name. Yeah. Um... So they end up taking a job from a uh, from a from a I don't know if you call it like an outlaw named Hilda, who she goes and gets us like box and some more like a briefcase, and they aren't really sure about her, so they end up opening the briefcase and a girl is in there who wakes up and doesn't remember anything about her life. Um, her name is, uh, Melfina, and we find out she's an android, and Hilda's killed off after four episodes, and he inherits the spaceship that she has, um, and he renames it the Outlaw Star, because he's an outlaw, damn it, and, you know, every episode they have a, uh, narration, by the same dude who played Jet in Cowboy Bebop. It's kind of funny. Which makes it even more confusing. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, but essentially, I mean, this show... I'm not going to get into it too deep because there's really... There's a lot of fucking characters. But it's like... Um, so they, they get the spaceship and they bring Malfina along with to try to figure out who she is. Well, meantime... There's pirates who are after the ship because they want it. There's this thing called the Galactic Ley Line that pirates and a bunch of other people are after. And everybody wants Jim dead because he shoots and kills people and gets a reward. So everybody wants to kill him and, and you know, things of that nature. Meanwhile, you know, they're doing odd jobs for people. And, like... For example, he has a friend who, like, pretty much finances everything in this show. These guys are always broke in one way or another. But there's one guy who always 
comes to the rescue named Fred Lowe, who's gay for uh Jim. Or not Jim, I mean uh Gene. It'd be kinda creepy if it's the other way around. <laughs> and probably illegal. Well, very much illegal. So he's he's always like they even say like, Hey, he loves you. Like straight up, like that's the only reason he gives you money, is he loves you. And uh uh, he seems to always some, finance. Uh, cutting edge '90s yes, television. Exactly. I, I wonder if they censored that part too on Toonami. Yeah, I, I don't uh, know. Like he really loves you, and then it's like as a friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, essentially, Fred Lowe, like he, he keeps saying, "Oh, I'll repay you. I'll repay you." Or he'll come up with jobs and things of that nature. But in the end, like they owe him like a million dollars, um, because they gotta you know fuel the spaceship. They gotta pay for dock fees. They got to pay for weapon repairs, this, that, you know. And I guess it's one kind of cool thing where it's like they're not, I don't know. It's like uh, they've got to pay for the attention of that. And that's where, like, Jim, he's like the brains of the operation. He's making sure their money is good and, and you know, it's, it's weird. The even young kid, yeah, and they even say in one of the narrations, they're like, Jim Hawking, a genius 11-year-old kid who is born to a well-known hacker and always carries a laptop with him. It's like, what What the fuck? You know, <laughs> always but, has his PDA. Yeah, exactly. He's Newton. <laughs> but, um, I mean, the show overall is like comedy mixed with seriousness, mixed with more comedy. And honestly, that's where I got really frustrated with this show. This first half of the show... You could just pretty much whitewash pretty much almost this entire show. It's it's episodic, but it's not episodic. Like, there's an overall storyline that they're going for, but in the end of the day, they don't get around to it to episode 23. Um, so essentially, you know, they're doing all these odd jobs and their, their crew is getting larger. So first, Asia attacks them. Because she wants to know about the Galactic Ley Line because the ship is known to other people and whatever, you know. But Mm -hmm. she gets defeated and, well, she's our comedy figure for the entire series. Should we find her in random restaurants around the galaxy when these guys show up and she gets all animated? Like, how dare you leave me? Yeah. And then she'll get yelled at by the manager for not doing enough dishes or trying to eat food. And, you know, she's like the silly comic relief. She's a mm-hmm. cat girl. And, you know, thankfully, like a toned down cat girl. Like, I don't know. It's not like you're what you see today. I don't know. It's not super it's, fan service. Yeah. Version. Yeah, exactly. But we do see her naked in one of the episodes. Worth it. Yes. The Although show is worth it. Kind of funny. So I'll just get this out of the way now. So, okay. The whole show is based up to try to find out what Malfina is and this thing called the Galactic Ley Line. Because everybody says, hey, there's treasure there. Well, what do you know? The ship that they called the Outlaw Star was built by Secret and it was owned by a pirate gang and it's the most powerful ship in the universe and this and that. So, they work hard and even break into a prison that's un like uh unescapable. Alcatraz of space. Yeah, pretty much. They get the coordinates of the ley line, this galactic ley line. Next episode. 
Oh, we're going to Hot Springs. Hmm. What the fuck? And the show hadn't been like fan servicey at all that much. And like here, here's a random beach episode, essentially. And it was pretty fucked up. Like your episode, like literally twenty two. They, they needed filler. They're like, this was supposed to be twenty four episodes. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like that was more common back then. I mean, yeah. I guess you watch more older anime. Well, than I mean, I this do. show though, like, and that was part of the problem was the show was like not very episodic. So you literally you could skip around and you're like, why is this person with us? So like another girl they pick up is some super samurai girl. Um Sa- I think it's in like Sawa or something like that. Salami. <laughs> and she's like gonna kill Fred Lowe, but because uh because Jean defeated her by tearing off her dress, or well, she wears a yukata or hmm. robe or whatever, her ninja garb. Because he untangled the ribbon, and she almost became naked, she was defeated. So she's, <laughs> wow. Yeah, so he's like, wow, you can come with us. We're going in space. And she's like, sure, I can't kill you yet. But I will kill you. I can't kill you because I'm not wearing clothes anymore. Exactly. This show sounds real bad. It's it's not, but it's it's a product of its time. Yeah, I guess like being spoiled by if you seen, watched it at the time, it'd be better, right? Cause after a year after that, you were spoiled by Cowboy Bebop. You were spoiled by Cowboy Bebop. We've got stuff like Space Dandy now, and don't get me wrong, this isn't it's not a bad show, but it's not a good show either. Because, so Gene is supposed to be, like, the cool, cocky, laid-back, sleazy pervert, you know? He Mm. doesn't give a shit about anything. Meanwhile, you've got Jim, who's, like, the child genius, who's always riding him, and, and, you know, oh, we gotta be, you know, we gotta do this, we gotta do that. Oh, we need to save up for this. Oh, we have no money, you know? But yet, he's very much a kid. But, um, I mean, like, there's some good, there's some good, there's some good moments in this show, but I feel like they could have done so much more with. So, through much of the show, Gene is shown as like, you know, he gets put in these dangerous situations, but he conquers, you know, but it's not like he, he, he takes these like, oh, another person wants to have a duel with me. Well, let's go have a duel, you know, and then he kills him. There's actually one scene where, like, this gangster, like, mobster thing of, like, seven assassins are basically sent to uh, kill Gene. And it's kind of interesting how they meet because he pretty much just finds him and introduces him as, like, okay, tomorrow you're going to die. And, like, he tries fighting him and he totally gets beat. But he's like, I'm not going to shoot you until we properly duel tomorrow. You know, I don't do that. Um, I still have some honor among thieves, you know, kind of deal. Hmm. So Gene gets, like, super depressed and, like, is seriously for the first time. And this is, like, episode 18 or 19. Wow. That he's he's actually contemplating, I'm going to fucking die tomorrow. To the point where he goes to a bar and drinks. And, like, turns down a prostitute. And, like, 
then tries raping Melfina. And she like like freaks out and runs away. Again, and so this is why I think they like got away with this. She's an android thing. She's not human. But it's so fucking creepy because like you you know, like I don't know. I mean, it sounds creepy to me. Yeah, but it's like this was one episode. And then it's like they go back to normal. And it's like, Jesus Christ, if they would have had more plot than just planet skipping and running races and doing odd jobs and, you know, meeting wacky characters and people they got to kill, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. if they would have stayed more serious, in my opinion, this show would have been a lot more fun. Like, literally, they're just like, we're going to hire seven assassins and kill Gene Winstar. And the first one fails. One of them was literally like a fucking, like, just comedy shit. He would, like, take his three knives and just randomly run at Gene, and who would you just sidestep? Not even realizing he sidestepped an assassin, and he'd go running off a cliff or something. Like, it was fucking, like, Looney Tunes, man. Like, I was thinking, like, Coyote <laughs> and Roadrunner. No, not even that. Coyote and Roadrunner. Oh, wow. It was ridiculous, and it was all there for comedy. And then, like, Malfina, she plays, like, the sensitive, her- you know, heroine that needs to be saved. And she doesn't know who she is and why she was programmed. And, and and the best part is, she controls the ship. And she has to get naked to control the ship. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's actually funny. They make fun of it, too. Like, when Aisha comes on board... For the first time, she's like, why is Malfina naked in the tank? And, you know, like, just called out, like, probably what everybody was thinking. Like, why the fuck? Um, and there was a bunch of other characters. But in the end of the day, you, you get introduced to so many different characters. They all kind of tend to run together and you kind of forget why, who they are, why they're there, other than they're a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Especially in the end. When they find the Galactic Ley Line, and then it's like five or six different people fighting each other. And you're supposed to care. And, like, one of the people they bring up is, like, the McDougal brothers. There's a young kid and and an older kid. And uh, Gene has this recurring flashback uh, when when his dad and him went into space when he was, like, it was supposed to be sent five years in the the past. Five or six years. They, They seem to couldn't make it straight one time they'd be saying six years ago and then they'd be saying five years ago so but you know his dad forcefully put him in an ejector ship and like kicked him out and then the ship exploded in front of him so the recurring thing is like oh who killed my father and they find out it's the mcdougal brothers in some form or fashion and he's you know what i mean like it's all this just different stuff happening where it's like fucking pick something is it the tragic death of your father? Is it the galactic ley line? Is it you being a badass and wanting to make money? Because at the end of the day, that's really what this is. It's Jim and Gene trying to make enough money to survive or become rich. Mm. You know? And it's just like, I don't know where the fuck they're going. There's so much things happening. One episode could be devoted to one thing, and the next episode is completely fucking different. And, right. like, frankly, 
it just seems like in the end, it was just, oh, it's a galactic ley line, and what do you know, it can grant any fucking wish you could ever desire. And, you know, just the same old tried out thing. What's the whole reason for the Holy Grail Wars and Fate Stay Night? It can grant you any fucking wish. To become the best mage. Or that, whatever. And they weren't like, well, how do we pay the bills for our mage academy in the meantime? They just picked a theme. Yeah. I mean, Space Dandy picks the theme of comedy. and They don't really try to achieve anything, but they have a different episodic plot each episode. Yeah, where... But this one tried to do episodic and an overlying story. Yeah, yeah. Seems messy. It was very much messy. And in the grand scheme of things, they turned to freaking, like, love plots. Like, all of a sudden, like, one of the characters falls in love with Melfina, but yet he's a bad guy. And, uh, you know, other people are trying to get Melfina in the ship. And and then it's like, oh, Gene and Melfina fall in love. And uh, it's so stupid. So like, what would you what would you give it with that final so stupid? A six. A it's six. watchable. Like don't get me wrong, it, the characters are fun. The what you know it's 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 an interesting show because it's very much a product of a time of when it was made. Not saying it looks like I mean it it's. It doesn't look bad. Like, it holds up today. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got 90s hair, but nothing like Goku-ish. You know, it's not the crazy-ass, like, uh, it's not the crazy, you know, spiked hair. Right. But it's like, they've done the genre so much better in such different, in other different shows that I feel like, yeah, if I would have been watching this in the 90s during Toonami, yeah, I could see why a lot of people might like it. They've got humor and action and and all that stuff going on. Yeah, and slightly episodic is good for shows that air on TV like week to week. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, in the grand scheme of things, I was just like, what, what the hell? You know, the one time... They tried going serious. Like, it started, it worked really well. And I really liked it. But then they just quickly switched gears back to comedy or some other story completely. And it was just like, get to the fucking point. You know, and then they throw in all these tropes. And I don't understand. I was, I was looking into this more. Like, I was looking at my anime list to see what other people thought. Someone wrote that, like, this show's like the best ever, and every character is so well written and thought out, and and everyone grows, and this and that, and I mean, even in the last episode, they were just charging straight in. We're getting a fucking second season, so they didn't really do much. We don't, uh, we know why Malfina exists at this time. You know, the the answers that were proposed in the beginning of the show were answered. But by the time the show ends, it's like, well, we're going back into space. Get in the ship, everybody. <laughs> you know, like they were just yeah. gun ho. Like, this is getting a fucking second season. The second season never came. It's some <laughs> kind of spinoff, but it has nothing to do with the characters in the original show. And, uh, I mean, the dub was good. Okay, so 
story was so-so. The dub made it fun. The characters are fun. This is a fun little show if you're willing to sit through it. But it's 26 episodes and I wanted to watch it. I found myself marathoning large chunks of it, like six, seven episodes at a time. But it wasn't like, holy shit, I want to know what happens next. It was more or less, I need to get this done because I need to review it. More of a, I don't like this show and I'm going to stop watching it, but uh, I want to get through it to see what the final outcome is. You you know what I mean? Right. So, um, I guess watch it. I, I really don't know what to say. Um, somebody, like I said, I feel like there's so many different shows that have done this genre so much better since Outlaw Star came out. I mean, hell, a year, not even a year later, Cowboy Bebop came out. And to me, that's like the fucking standard. Cowboy Bebop is your measure. No, in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, I mean, I look at Cowboy Bebop is the damn measuring stick of a space show. In that genre. I mean, this show was very much like Space Dandy to a degree and very much like Outlaw Star. You know, we're going to go, we're the good guys, going to go fight the bad guys and get our money and, you know, we'll have miscellaneous, wacky adventures in the meantime. Granted, Cowboy Bebop didn't do the wacky adventures. Every, well, they had a couple when they tripped out on, on mushrooms. That was a pretty cool episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they, they weren't serious all the time, but you, you get what I'm saying. But with Cowboy Bebop, I feel you got a much more mature story, a much more tighter story, and you really cared about the characters. In Outlaw Star, yeah, you may care about the characters, but they kind of pander to you. Like, Aisha, you're never going to really care for, but she's a good person. You know, they want you to, they want you to think that, you know? And, you know, Melfina is supposed to be the tragic heroine. Well, oh, you're supposed to feel bad for her because she cries a lot. And she's emotional. You know, she's really, uh, you know, she's just sensitive. You know what I mean? Like, they just pander to your emotions. And they, like, almost tell the viewer, oh, you're, you're, you're supposed to be sad. Some, something bad's happening to Melfina. Oh, you're supposed to be funny because Aisha's doing something funny. Mm-hmm. You know, Gene, you're supposed to think it's cool. Well, you know, so. I don't know what more to say, man. It was a nice watch while I watched it. I'm glad it's over. I really think a lot of people are going to be upset with this review. Because I think a lot of people uh, my age may have probably watched the show during Toonami. And everyone seems to hold a fond memory of, oh, it was probably one of the, it was probably one of the first animes that anybody really watched, you know, in America, if you weren't, you know, watching before. You know, this is back in the 90s where you couldn't get this shit on DVD and stuff easily. Right. You know, so. Yeah, check it out. Um, I honestly have no idea where to watch it. Maybe it's on Hulu or something. I found my copy somewhere else. I have found it for sale, though, um, pretty easily. And it's fairly cheap. Yeah, I can't imagine it's that much money now. No, it's really not. Man, I, I don't have to think about the review. Now that I think back, I don't know. <laughs> Anywho, 
Katana Gatari. Oh, Katana Gatari. Sword story. Hold on, I'm adjusting my mic. All right. So, uh, not to be confused with Bakamana Gatari, Ghost Story, although the tie-in I've found out since finishing it is that it was written by the same person. So, both Bakamana Gatari and sequels and Katana Gatari were light novels first and written by the same person. So, this story, this sword story, follows uh, someone named Chichka, who's this guy who grew up on an island with his sister and his dad and was taught a style of fighting, uh, like a swordless style of fighting. So his dad was exiled after this rebellion or whatever was put down by the emperor, and he was part of it, and he got exiled to this island um, where he had to basically raise his two children and uh, teach them his, like, pass down his fighting style. This is supposed to take place, like... 2,000 years ago? I don't know. Whenever, like, Samurai period was. So not 2,000, but, you know, like, <laughs> 600 years ago. Um, so one day, uh, this girl named Togami comes to the island. And she... Hold on, are you there? I am. Okay. <laughs> it sounded, like, real quiet. Oh, no, I mean... All right. Con- continuing. So he was visited by Togami, this girl who's a statistician or self-proclaimed statistician, not statistician, that'd be statistics. How do you say that word? Strategy? Strategist? Strategist? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, strategist works. I always thought statistician was also a word. Anyway, we'll go with strategist. And for some reason, I can't think of the other word. And she, her goal is to seek these 12 legendary swords that were made by, um, well... King Koopa. Yeah. No, it says Master Swordsmith. I had to look at my paper. Uh, she's a... His name's real weird. She, Kazaki Kiki, crafted the 12 legendary swords known as the Deviant Blades, each with uniquely defined special abilities. So she was ordered by the emperor to go get Chichka, who's the sword of the style descendant, because his dad is now dead. He had to kill his dad, which they don't reveal until later. And she takes him because his fighting style is so well known and like good. So basically his swordless style can beat the owners of these legendary swords. So for the next ten episodes they go, uh well, the great part of the, the show I should say before I explain further is each episode was like mini movie like. Um, a lot of them had been different opening and ending scenes and music, and they were all an hour long, minus commercials. They're like fifty minutes. So basically, each place they go to collect a sword is an episode, which some people find repetitive. But because each episode was so much different, I enjoyed it. They fight different people. They go to different places, and they still grow as characters. So. Unlike the Outlaw Star you just reviewed, it does episodic and an overarching story correctly by like not forcing too much. And it still stays serious, even though they can have episodic nature episodes. Um, and then the last two episodes are probably the best because once they like collect all the swords, 
they have a run-in with one of Togami, the girl's rivals, this other princess, and then the plot, I guess you could say, thickens, and there's better characters, and they have a final battle that's really cool. So it was all around enjoyable because it was easy to watch. Each episode was really enjoyable and like 50 minutes. So I probably watched one like every day for the past two weeks and it didn't get boring because they're each movie like, and everything about them was pretty good. Okay. So, um, I wouldn't watch it if you're like into like traditional, just like go fight people shows, even though it's like genres are like martial arts and adventure. And the way I described it is just episodic and seeking the swords. It sounds very shonen like. Mm-hmm. I still wouldn't recommend that to people that enjoy that because um, sometimes he doesn't even fight someone or they find some other way to get the sword. Like the main goal is growth of the characters and revealing of uh, Shichika and Togami's backstory where they both came from as children. So it's like a great, the journey to get the swords is like a great vehicle for character growth. So it's for one, on one hand, it's deeper than a normal shonen show. If you want fighting alongside character growth, but on the other hand, if you're just in it for the, the fights, it probably isn't that enjoyable to show. But according to other people, they definitely enjoyed it because the average score on my anime list is 8.51. It's ranked 93. Dang. And I, and I just watched it because I saw one of the openings somewhere and uh, the animation's really colorful and very unique looking. Like, it's uh, minimalist without necessarily being minimalist. I can link you the page and you can... You can weigh in on how it looks because I think it looks unique. Okay. Like the main character, for example, wears like all purple and has white hair and red eyes, and um, oh. it's like they don't use a lot of lines to draw. Yeah, it. I noticed. I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And all the fights are animated really well. There's no part that the show like fails at. It's just. You have to know what you're getting into, that it's episodic in nature and um, repetitive, but for the sake of new character growth. Gotcha. Very enjoyable. Um, I haven't watched a show like it. It apparently aired throughout the entire year of 2010. So since it was 12 episodes, they must have just released an episode every year. Or not every month, rather. So hmm. I, I didn't follow it when it started airing. I was just getting into anime. Yeah. Like a year later, probably. So, but it was, it was really good. I'm surprised I haven't heard about it earlier. Cool. What would you give it overall? I gave it an eight. Um, uh, in my review, I mean, there's nothing to get really excited about, but every episode was good and I don't see any flaws and that's hard to do for anime. Especially just coming off of watching stuff like Charlotte, I was really impressed by how well paced an episodic show like this could be. How each one felt like a movie. Every time I watched an episode, I'm like, that was satisfying. I don't need to see another one, though I don't mind if I do. But like, it wasn't trying to get your attention with like cheap cliffhangers. It was always like, that was a really succinct episode with new characters and Do you whatever. feel, though, the 12 episodes being an hour long each, did it feel like overkill? I mean, like like you just said, oh, I just watched one and I was satisfied. 
I mean, uh, did you want to be like, man, okay, that's enough. Like, I am good. They don't need the other, you know, whatever number swords you have left. Uh, no, because they do a good job uh, weaving the main story throughout. I always wanted to find out what happened either in the character's past or what was going to happen in the final like, showdown. So they do a good job stringing you along with like character points rather than sword fights. So at no point was I sick of it. And I think when I finished it, I'm like, that was an appropriate length. Uh, if you took the time, it would be like a normal seat or a normal like series where it's 24 episodes, but they just happened to put them like more together. So. Gotcha. It was great. All right. Well, cool. Well, that's that. Yep. Anything else before we uh, wrap it up here? No, that should be it. Uh, well, other than I recently commented back to some people that commented on bonsaibeat.com. Yeah. And which is always fun. I enjoy commenting. And if anyone else has something to say, feel free to leave a comment there and I'll get back to you. Or if you have any shows from this season that I guess you'd want me oh, to watch. And take wanna, a look yeah, at. if you want to go ahead and read what uh, was said. Sure. Yeah. I'll bring it up. <laughs> so on the most recent episode we did, which was our top five anime of 2015, uh, we had someone named Asexual Toasterkin, which I love the name and I referenced that joke in that episode, if you're curious where that came from. Um, he said, or she, it's asexual, so I don't know. I didn't watch Charlotte, but it's making quite a few lists. Gonna have to start that series, and we've reviewed that, and we've encouraged and discouraged parts of it. But anyway, it's good that he's interested in watching it. My top five would be something like this. Nanan Biori Repeat, Ibike Euphonium, which I started watching and will probably continue. Uh, oh wow, this one's gonna be tough to read. Tessiger... Bukatsumono spinoff Peru Perun Shirumi to Azobu. Wow. I butchered it, but it's fine. Uh, Osamatsu san, which is. I've been encouraged to watch again. It's that that weird older one that was popular with women. Um, Hack a doll. I don't have iTunes, but if I did, I'd give you five stars. Great news. Thanks. And, um. I won't read my whole response, but you can do so if you're interested when you're listening to that episode. There you go. All right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody. And we'll be back next time with some more uh, reviews of what? I don't know yet. Um, if anything you want to review, you know, by all means, up a line on the at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, everybody. This has been the Bonsai Beat Podcast. If you have any feedback, head over to bonsaibeat.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode. While you're there, you can also find our review index, which has a list of all the anime that we've reviewed on the Bonsai Beat Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to add us to your favorite podcatcher. You can find links to do that on our website. Otherwise, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio if that's easier for you. Once again, this is the Bonsai Beat Podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send them to bonsaibeat at gmail.com.